You're listening to Double Feature with Eric 13 and Michael Kester. What? <laughs> Hi, is Michael there? You muted yourself already. It's been 10 seconds. <laughs> I'm sorry. I heard it too. I heard it. I forgot the correct sequence of uh, of buttons to push to, to get this fucking thing working. Well, it's it's no joke. It's like a code or something. I need to. Yeah. I'm gonna have to write down like you know like how it must actually be in a in a Fallout bunker where it's like here's the sequence commands you need in order right. to operate this thing. Like that's right. basically it's like okay, you plug these 16 things in using this wiring chart. And uh, also make sure your cheek doesn't touch the touch screen on your fucking telephone. We'll be running off like uh, aesthetic Victorian equipment by the time we get through. Uh, I mean, I feel like I feel third like episode on a, on I don't a long know. enough timeline, we're going to just end up up our own ass with this shit. And we're going to be like, actually, I've actually uh, gotten a vintage uh, phone. And we're going to be like using actual like the cone dial phones. We're gonna like need to. We're gonna need to like rehire some of the executive producers to be like the the. Um, yeah, I mean we're not far ladies. off, really. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just uh, you know I'm just happy you picked up the phone. I really didn't have a very good backup plan for that. You didn't. So that's it. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's it's sort of like I'm at the point where I feel like I want to do the exact opposite of where we've been. And that would be just put something out every week. Just literally, sure. if I have to just yeah. run and find a random person on the street and be like, yeah. what do you think about the fact Pearl is coming out so close after X? I mean, I have thoughts yeah. about that. Okay, well, and you that. answered the phone. That's good. So yeah. this is working um, out pretty well so far. I, it's, yeah, man, I saw that trailer. Uh, I went and saw Bodies, 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 and I saw the Pearl trailer. And I was like... It, you know, there's so much now preloaded. So there's so much preloaded when you're going to like go see movies now. Like you can't, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the way media works. I don't know if it's because I'm so cinematically saturated, but like, I just can't remember the last time I went into a movie with zero baggage. I mean, actually like, like absolute zero Kelvin baggage. Like, Pearl comes out. If I saw Pearl in a vacuum, great. And just, I mean, you mentioned it's like coming out the same year as X, which Pearl months is later. In, I don't know. Months yeah, later. Yeah, but but I mean, within the same within the same calendar year, right? And and the thing that's like crazy to me about that is like that just that announced. Like if if Ty West were to just have made it exactly the way it's been made with Mia Goth, right? And then literally just sit on it for fucking six months and then put it out. My brain, my stupid little pea brain would go, Oh, that movie is probably not rushed and trash. Yeah. But because it's coming out so soon, I I'm, it's like an inescapable thought in my mind where I'm like, well, either, they thought X was so good, they just went ahead with it, or they were just like, "Oh no, this would be fun. Let's like shoot this." Um, you know, we have two days. You know, we'll we have fucking bucket of blood time on the lot for X. Let's shoot Pearl real fast. I think they did them back to back. Yeah, of course they did. But but also, I remember hearing that there is plans for uh, that there are plans for a additional sequel. 
to X that is not the movie Pearl. So sort of seems like they're really banking pretty big when they're like, yeah, here's our new A24 cinematic universe. We're going to have three of these fucking. Listen, I don't want to. If if what you're saying is true, we need to stop talking about it now because whatever new version of the Killapalooza ends up creeping up on this show, uh, we're dangerously close to avoiding some very good uh, material. Yeah, also, if we do a Killapalooza, I'm going to have to send you a collect call because I can't be, you know, I only have so many minutes on this thing. I have a T-Mobile prepaid, okay? I can't be. Yeah, that's fair. Um, You think that's a joke? No, is that why we're only doing movies that are on, like, like streaming services? Because you can't, you don't have to, like, pay to take the, I guess you can walk across the street to the theater now, right? Well, I can go to the theater and then ask to borrow their phone. I think it might work like that. Do you know what's crazy is how much rentals cost now? rental oh yeah yeah yeah. vengeance just came out and um and uh actually you know what else so i know um you were talking to me about orphan uh first kill orphan first kill yeah subtitle and uh i didn't realize that was on paramount plus which i have because i like south park a lot and um oh yeah that's one of the like six streaming services that south park is now divided up on so that's yeah yeah it's the one that gets the movies it's the yeah. one that gets the South Park movies, so it's it's kind of my favorite. And I don't want to talk about streaming conglomerates, but um, but anyway, Good. I, I, I heard the, I, the phone being tapped there for a second, so I think I, uh, Netflix has joined the call. Before I knew that, before I knew that First Kill was on a streaming service, I was already subscribed to. I was just checking the uh, rental store for it, and it's fucking twenty dollars. Oh yeah. To rent it. I mean, like, back in my day, when I was my age, like, it was, I, I could buy that shit on, on, on physical media for, like, $12. Yeah, it, it's not great, because that used to be the way that I watched most things was renting them. I know. People would pretend that didn't exist, that you couldn't rent things digitally, that mm-hmm. the only way was to shell out 20 bucks. And I think and people pretended that long enough that they were just like, fine, <laughs> make well, the rental cost 20 bucks. You know what happened? And this is funny too, because this is actually, it's relevant to Double Feature, which is apparently a podcast we still do. Um, Debatable. It, 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 remember, we talked about this on the show, because remember when um, it was Emma and the Hunt was the show we talked about uh, a few years back, right when the pandemic had murdered, you know, Joy, and um, and it was it was like theatrical release rentals, right? It was movies that were still in theaters. It's basically fresh rentals, um, and it was unheard of at the time that you could see a movie at home that you could also go to the theater. And now that is literally everything. Yeah, I mean. It, essentially all cinema is repertory now all cinema is repertory you can show anything people may or may not show up you can show eight different cuts of top gun maverick like people may or may not show up uh but so yeah i mean orphan first kills twenty dollars i don't know if i could see it in the theater i would but it's not fucking showing anywhere i'm gonna try to talk you into seeing this movie we should make orphan our uh our Second movie, I guess. I don't know. We can make it the first movie. Sure, whatever. Do you? This is weird to be um, on a phone call and agree to two topics in advance. That's sort of like. But yeah. what do you think we should do? No, I mean, I think so. 
I mean, the other movie that I know we had mentioned talking about was Prey, which is a movie I've seen. Fuck yeah. And uh, I think we can talk about Prey and use this. Um, so, you know, as I've said many times, maybe we'll do a whole show on it at some point, but like horror in 2022, not really like giving me the warm fuzzies and um, Prey comes out and the whole premise, the thing, the thing about um, horror franchises now is, and you and I have long talked about this because we've done these killapaloozas, but like horror franchises somehow have gotten into a place where they were in like the early nineties. And when we watched uh, Amityville for it's about time or seven, you know, we were like, this is stupid. Who thought that this was how you do, who thought that this was how to expand a universe. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and like, how could this ever have been taken seriously? We were kind of looking at it like it was pulp, like it was, you know, late, late stage exploitation, however you want to look at it. But now we're in a place where the same horror franchises, not new horror franchises, same horror franchises from from the 80s are trying to do actual serious universe building sequels again that that do things that if you saw the original movie you would go in another 10 years who thought that this is what people wanted because mm. that's what i think you know like in 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 another 10 years if somebody were to watch Predator and then watch Prey, I think they would go, why didn't they just do, you know, another Commando in the Jungle? But the thing that's interesting about the Predator franchise is I feel like Predator has never, ever, ever once done a logical sequel. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a funny franchise for um, uh, sequels because when we talk about it in kind of the framework that, you know, we have before, which is Killapalooza... Slasher, basically, as a slasher franchise, mm -hmm. it has so many one-off kind of like false restarts, and that basically happens from Predator 2. Yeah. You know, Predator 2 is already so crazy, and it's kind of, you know, I don't know if this is the same in your circles, but I hear people talk about Predator 2 now with this like this new fresh oh actually it's good sure. now you know sure yeah Which i mean i think i think you, you just like wait a couple decades and just say things that are terrible or good i don't totally. know the thing that i actually really respect about the predator franchise is that is that it is it is probably the only horror franchise that i can think of off the top of my head that like firmly understood that expanding the lore of this universe is the only way that this will remain interesting. Yeah. Because killer alien that Arnold Schwarzenegger beats to death, that isn't actually that gripping. I mean, just if you think of the premise of the original movie, it's, Oh my God, there's this like ultimate killing machine. And like, you're thinking the whole movie, all 80 minutes, how would we ever defeat this? And the answer is one dude in the jungle. Yeah. It solves itself. It, it, it kind of goes like, oh, wait. So you're telling me that in any... And, and this proves out in every movie. Every scenario is the somehow is that the Predator is the ultimate killing machine. Who could ever prevail? And the answer is the lead in every movie. Yeah, right, right. The Predator <laughs> never wins. Ever it's wins. the kryptonite. It's yeah. the kryptonite. Turns out to be once everybody... It, it makes the Predator not very uh, formidable because... 
once everyone but the last person is eliminated, that's when the predator is most vulnerable. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like I actually really like um, I like that the movie does that the that predator somehow. So you're saying, you know, that people used to not like the second movie and now apparently they do. And there was also that like Shane Black one, the 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 Walter Shane Black one, the fourth movie, The Predator. And I feel like the thing that's kind of cool about the Predator movies is that you don't actually need to see them in any order. There's no chronology that matters because it they kind of all exist in a universe, but they're just telling these sort of independent stories that tell you about this killing machine. And so I think back to prey, I think one of the things that I was saying that all horror franchises need to do now is take the prey model for their like reboot universe expansion. You take the prey model. Well, it's kind of funny as uh, you know, when we look at the other franchises, uh, slasher franchises that have rebooted. I always feel bad putting this in a slasher context, but it's really probably a lot closer to that than, you know, like a lot of other kind of horror movies. Right. I really like Prey for a couple reasons. The the caveat obviously being, and this is just like a part of the time, that sort of everything I watch feels like, um, you know, it was made for Hulu dollars, you know. Agreed. <laughs> like it's, Agreed. So the, whatever. That's it's a shame that like that happens to be the year it came out. But if we sort of like start with that constraint, uh, then I just fucking love the movie. And it's all the ideas, you know. It's all the like important sure. stuff. One is this this entire new framing. I just feel like is I'll s- stop short of saying like fucking revolutionary. But look at the title. The title is Prey. Right. You know, in a time when Halloween is like, they would call the movie Halloween Halloweener if they could. Yeah. Maybe we'll think about that one a little bit more. I don't know if that's the best, but <laughs> but if it could be like literally, man, like, you know, Halloween colon Halloween Halloween. Yeah. They would fucking do it. And, you know, you see that with Hellraiser. I don't know if that title will stick. But the the common thinking is sort of like quintuple down on... Yeah sell with the franchise. Sure. And Prey is well, not Predator colon Prey. Or, right. you know, and they the titles even kind of play off each other a little bit. Like, you could, especially for a double feature, but you could do something too cute with it. But instead, they're like, it's almost a secret Predator movie. You know? Sure. Yeah. Well, you have to be in the know to know what this is. That's uh, that's something that the Hellraiser franchise already mastered, by the way, is it being a secret Hellraiser movie. They would just call it Hellraiser, and then you would find out later. Oh, as did Child's Play. Movie. After three, you uh, yeah, don't know sure. that it's children playing, yeah. you know? Um, but the Jason movies, I, uh, you he's in I space, think, but what day of the week is it? You don't know. I think that's sort of the same thing I was getting at where I was talking about... Um, this movie as sort of like the modern um, universe expander from like, you know, I mean, I don't know too many people who are like franchise experts the way you and I are. And so like we have seen tired, tired, tired attempts at expanding franchises without, you know, losing the name. Hellraiser is always a great example. This always comes up because Hellraiser is literally like the titles of movies don't even make any fucking sense. They're just like Hellraiser or Deader. Because uh, it was a different movie. I think that, that's Doug the title I was. Ten minutes. Yeah, that's um, the title I was channeling. I yeah. think. Um, but um, 
but now I think this is this is what I mean is I think this is a game changer because see like what I want to see now is is like a movie called um, Lament and it's it's the Hellraiser puzzle box on like right. a fucking pirate ship in the 1400s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's the thing is so many of these horror universes are like the evil has long, you know, there's like final destination, right? Like final destination, that evil could have existed for fucking Victorian era. Yeah. You know? And, and you could, you could, do that now with a whole franchise and it's like this world building that doesn't feel like you're just trying to capitalize well it's also a trust the audience thing too right because in sure. truth what happened with prey how many what what percentage of the audience do you think turned it on and when the predator showed up went oh fuck this has a predator in it i like, think it's 50 50 i think it's 50 50 no way but, really oh for sure because i was gonna go was with like on a, the top of hulu no I was going to say like a, a fraction of 1%. So you no, really yeah, think, think like half the people think, turn yeah, on Prey and sure. go and for like sure. don't know what a predator is. I mean, probably the first weekend. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think Well, you're so. right. It is. Yeah. Like with as big as it went on Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. People they probably like, put oh, in like two or three Hulu bucks because it was yeah. really like the, the right. storefront movie. But I feel like, um, I feel like also... You know, we're talking about every other every other Predator movie that came before Prey, and like name so so name me the other Predator movie in the franchise beside Predator that would make you go if it's not called Predator, who's gonna show up? Yeah, because nobody fucking cared. Yeah, Predator Two, the movie everybody apparently likes now, murdered the franchise. Yeah, and and the and the movie that I still, I mean, you know, fucking. No surprise, but the movie that I still think is the best one in the franchise barely got in, and the one after that, The Predator. I mean, that wasn't even that good of a. Movie. Which one do you think is the best one in the franchise? Predators. Oh yeah, hands down, still a big fan of Predators. I think that I think that the premise. I haven't seen that in a while, but when it came out and when we did it on the show, I was just like, "This is the fucking movie." Yeah, I mean, I think that the I think that the pre that's the other thing about the Predator franchise, man, is that like, is that it does really try to go. This sequel is about this whole version, this whole other implication. Because the Predators movie like takes place in fucking space, and it's like it's like an inverted like most dangerous game situation. It's I mean, anyway, praise fun, and I like that it's like a primal. I like that it's a primal predator. Um, well, we but, know the best uh, way to make one of these movies, uh, any monster movie, is and you and I have talked about this a million times off the air, but it's like you make a good movie and you insert the monster into it. Mm-hmm. All our favorite monster movies are like this. They're solid films. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we kind of talk about them like they just so happen to have X or Y monster in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it, it needs to be interchangeable. It often is. It doesn't need to be. But, like, this is a compelling, you know, so what does that mean? You make a good movie. It's like, all right, well, it builds well. It's paced well. The, these things that are important for action films. Right. But that we like the characters, we want to see them do stuff. We would hang out with them, sure. You know, if, if she if she was just yeah hanging out with her dog, yeah. 
and like you know uh, sneaking around in the grass staring at animals from far away like that's kind of already a pretty good movie (laughs) I don't know maybe I'm like too high on this movie but uh, this is I have sort of the opposite problem which is like uh, the, the best Predator movie is whichever one I just watched so, I mean, I that's the. I just that, get excited about is, things. I think that's the Teflon of the Predator franchise, though, is that the the sheer guarantee that you're going to get to see some Predator action. Oh yeah, well that's what's cool about it too, because every time I'm watching the movie and I'm really loving the movie, and then I kind of like remember there's going to be more Predator stuff. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's almost like watching a story, B story, and I really like the A story. Mm-hmm. If the you know if we call the predator stuff B story, like I'm still really into it. Uh, when the fucking French people show up, I want to know like what the fuck's going on with that. Uh, this was uh, probably the first movie where I felt like learning French was like I got a oh, yeah. special treat for it, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I basically understood all the stuff that was going on. Yeah, And, you know, like I've struggled through French movies before or, or picked up a couple lines here or there, but this was actually like, oh, none of the characters know what I know, which is what the fuck all these French people are saying. Yeah, I I love that we're seeing more of that in movies. I don't remember what I watched recently where the, it was um, the, in Spanish and there were no subtitles for the Spanish characters, but because oh, yeah. I'm, you know, semi-familiar with Spanish, I was like, oh, that's funny. I, I really like that. There was a, I mean, I know fucking, um, what's his name? Spielberg took a lot of credit for doing that in, uh, West side story. He didn't subtitle the, um, the sharks in West side story. And he was like, it's because if you give one, if you give one side subtitles, it, it shows your hand on which side you're supporting. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And then I saw the movie and, and like the Spanish is like, Hola, me amo Maria. And I'm like, Okay. Yeah, you just have to make them all sound like first graders. So (laughs) it doesn't undercut anything if you use that method. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, you know, also with this movie, everybody talked like, oh, English version or Comanche version. Yeah. And I was, I was, you know, surprised that like we we get Comanche in the English version as well. It's not suddenly like we have to just translate everything. Mm -hmm. So had I not known the other version existed, it wouldn't be like, oh, I'm completely missing that. Right. There's still like a taste of the language there. And if you mm-hmm. get excited about the movie, I, I think you definitely want more of that too. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the other thing about this movie is the, there's, uh, there's a, a great appeal to minimalism in it where you know yeah. you talked about predators, we've talked about multiple predators, we've talked about alien and predator and aliens and predators and... You know, they've really... Predalians. Predalians. Say Predalians. I'm not going to say it. (laughs) Uh, No, I guess my thinking was just like they've overcomplicated Mm -hmm. the the Predator. This is kind of what I meant, I guess, by make a great movie, insert the monster into it, is, you know, another component of that is you don't have to make the entire plot of the movie layering additional mythology into the thing. I mean... I mean, that's that to me, that to me is like, if you go back to the first two Killapaloozas we did, or within the first two, we did Jason, we did Halloween. And I think fundamentally... Halloween was like the fifth or something. Whatever, it's in the first few. And and fundamentally, if you ask, if you ask people which ones of those franchises specifically they like, they're like, 
the Halloween movies where Michael Myers is stabbing people. They don't like the ones where there is no Michael Myers. They don't like the ones where there's a there's an Illuminati that's like compelling Michael. They like the ones where Michael Myers is stabbing people. Different group of people, same great stabbings. And the Jason movies they don't like. They don't like the one without Jason. They don't like the ones without Jason. That's it. Yeah. All the other ones. And, and, and it's like lukewarm on the ones where it's like a little bit Jason and a little bit telekinesis. But like fundamentally it's like jason stabs thumbs up jason doesn't stab thumbs down period and predator is the same way i mean you don't need to you don't need to reinvent you have a fucking predator well you see it in the movie it's like one of the scenes that i remember the most vividly is Mm -hmm. when you see the the bear lifted above its head Oh, yeah. I mean, it's amazing, but it's so yeah. simple. It's literally just draw me a picture of, you know, the Predator fighting a bear. And it lets what's cool about the Predator to begin with be on display. The whole movie right. is, you know, it, it seems like someone sitting down and going, well, what is the Predator? It's a Predator. Let's make a movie that can be about that. And mm-hmm. so we spend the whole fucking thing in prime predator territory we're not like inventing scenario or excuses or we don't have to like drive a car down to the science lab to talk to the person Mm -hmm. to get it's Mm -hmm. basically just let's watch hunting for the whole movie and uh and you know and that's brutal too i love the the uh it's just unexpected to me that it's as brutal as it is yeah. It's um like it's kind of funny that the sort of like don't kill the dog crowd has to confront, you know, what hunting actually looks like. Right. It's sort of like right. the skinning and the animal. In a movie by the way that's also one of the best dog movies that I've seen in a long time just in terms of having like a supporting role that mm-hmm. isn't uh isn't the sort of like someone else needs to be here so I can talk to it. Right. Although I guess yeah. it's a little of that, but it's you know, it does feel like uh, her dog feels like another character in the film, and like there's some really good moments around it. Anyway, the thing but, that I also think is really cool about Prey, right? Without spoiling it, there's some kind of way that you know she defeats the Predator, right? And the thing that's cool about taking a Predator movie and doing a prequel is that you get to kill him with his own stuff. Yeah, and it doesn't interfere with any late, you know, because like that's that's sort of the thing, right? Is is this movie goes, oh, here comes the three lasers. And we know what the three lasers are, but yeah. it isn't that in this movie. And then your brain gets to go, oh, well, I wonder why they like, because the whole idea of the Predator, right, is anytime it needs to adapt or update its arsenal, it does so. And this movie's like, oh, the three lasers. Oh, wait, it's a different thing. And then and that turns out to like not work out. And then it's like, oh, well, yeah, I guess that's why they changed that. Looking for more double feature? Find literally hundreds of episodes at patreon.com forward slash double feature. I promised that I would try to talk you into seeing Orphan. Now you have kind of a land, a lay of the land. You're watching like basically nothing but 2022 movies right now. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get a good, I mean, it's for two reasons. I've said this before, but it's for two reasons. 
One is because I'm like desperate to find like a horror movie that I think I will watch after 2022. And the other reason is because I'm desperate to find a movie that I like better than Top Gun Maverick. So how do I get you to watch something older than 2022 so that I can save myself the embarrassment of trying to do this podcast with like a stranger at the library? Well, uh, William Lustig is actually coming to the Balboa doing Maniac, if you want to talk about Maniac again. Uh, no, there's a, ton of, there's a ton of repertory stuff that I'm actually finally going to get around to go, going to see now that my draft house was only doing new movies. And so we still wear masks here um, in San Francisco. It's still like masks on the street here. Sure. Uh, so the theaters are like just now committing to being movie theaters again. Um, but there's definitely stuff I'm going to go see. There's that. I can't pronounce the name of the movie. Kaios Kaskawatsi. You know oh, about? my God. No. It's like a non-narrative movie that's supposed to like juxtapose oh, humanity's wait, fuck yeah. stuff against I'm nature. I'm going to go see yeah, that movie. <laughs> if you're going to see that movie, that. I'm going to see that movie. Yeah, let's do that because that'll be hard to talk about on the phone. I feel like we'll just both be like, whoa. Yeah, real real peak cinema when we uh, yeah. record our <laughs> phone call podcast on that. <laughs> that's what that's calling for. Is okay, so Orphan First Kill takes a character who is old and now she's 20 years older and makes her younger, right? Well, the, what's pretty fucking crazy about this is, like, she's supposed to be nine. That was the... Just tell me if it works. We saw Orphan on the show. <laughs> Come on. That's what you want to know, right? This is Pee Wee again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw Orphan on the show, and the whole thing is, like, the... Uh, I guess I won't spoil you on Orphan First Kill, and we can kind of probably yeah. do this without really spoiling Orphan. Yeah. But, you know, the the whole thing we're talking about is that the woman who plays... Esther. The girl who is supposed to be like 10, mm-hmm. 9, something like that. I don't remember if they're vague about it or not. But, you know, she's a lot older. And right. by the time of this movie, I mean, I... I you know, do you have the internet? Yeah. Do I have the yeah. internet? Where? How does one access the internet? I wonder if we could do yeah. a quick. So no, this... fuck that. I don't want to talk. I don't want to look on the internet. I just, I get it. She's like in her forties or some shit, and she's playing somebody. She's playing a character who is in a prequel. Old. No, she's. I think she's like thirty-seven, maybe younger, maybe like thirty-one. Born nineteen ninety-seven. How about that? Oh my god. Nineteen ninety-seven. I didn't expect so, yeah, her to be younger she's than 20, She's 35. She's 35. 25? <laughs> that, How's math work? See, this is, this is why I told you to 25. She's 25. She's 25. Oh um, but, but the whole point is that Orphan came out in 2008. Yeah. Uh, and, and now it's 2022, and she's playing the same character, but she's in a prequel, in a prequel. to a movie that came out in 08. Isn't and, that and, fucking And here's the nuts. thing, right? And the thing that's nuts about all of that is that that is what they agreed on paper when they were like, let's do this. They could have done an orphan sequel, but they went, no, no, no. Let's go back even further. And like, let's, let's just build an impossible wall for us. Let's just make that what we're going to open with. Okay. And then the other thing that's really tricky about this, if I want to watch this with somebody, an orphan dude. Like, you and I, when Orphan came out, 
we were like, oh shit, this is like one of the like benchmarks of modern horror. And I still feel that way. But yeah. like nobody agreed and like half the people just ignored it. And now Orphan First Kill comes out and I haven't seen it, but I assume that it doesn't it doesn't play the hand close to the chest on what's going on with the main character. I feel like you're you kind of already like show up to the movie expecting to need to know that, which retroactively spoils the first movie if you haven't seen it. Well, yeah. So when we talked about Pee Wee, the whole thing about it was just that Paul Rubens is fucking old now. Right. And he's playing this character that's kind of forever young, and you watch it sort of to see if it's going to work. And if it works at all, it's a miracle. And the fact it works as long as it does, or like, I mean, you know, that's that's part of the art, and that's debatable. But I really think you could you could watch the new Pee Wee and be like, yeah, I believed it the whole time. I don't think that's a crazy sure. point of view. Although I did see like a thing recently where like all of this stuff that we like to laugh at, like Pee Wee's a really good example, or Michael Scott from The Office, or Homer Simpson. It's all just us like watching high functioning autistic people and thinking that's funny. Oh yeah, well I'm not saying the concept of Pee Wee. The concept of Pee Wee ages worse than the Paul Rubens. That's that's my review of Pee Wee. There you go. People are always like, you should review this on double feature. I'm like, I don't know how to re- write a review. Yeah. So that's my first one ever. I want you to write that there down. Put it. Someone make me a fan letterbox account and stick that on there. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it works, but there's something crazier about it. Mm. So you know the (laughs) well the original orphan the the thing that I remember about the original orphan is that like when it comes to the moment when orphan does its like sort of infamous thing yeah is that my goddamn mind was blown yeah and something happens about an hour into this orphan that like so pays tribute to the idea of needing a jaw dropping thing in the movie. Yeah, it is. When you get to the moment of the thing that happens, you're like, this is fucking unbelievable. All right. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a, I mean, it's the same kind of idea of, you know, you think you're watching one thing and holy fuck, now you're watching something completely different. Oh my God, okay. You know, so that, that sort of shift of I mean, like. I was going to see it. I was going to, oh, I'll, no, I'll, I'll see it before like. I don't know. I probably had some dumb bullshit to watch. Yeah, well... That, like, Owen Wilson movie where he plays, like, a robot or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you know... also coming out. Yeah. A movie that can, like, shift its, um... I don't know. Something that shifts the dynamics or the sort of rules that have been set up or well, yeah, the... And- yeah, I mean, that's the, that really is, man. If the franchise can, like, hold on to that as its actual crux. Right, because like, that's hard. It's basically like the movie will do a, a, a once-in-a-lifetime yeah, trick. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so how is it going to get around its trick? It's like, no, 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 it's going to it's gonna find another once-in-a-lifetime trick. And that's the yeah. sort of, I don't know, I don't want to, like, overhype a moment or whatever. But it's one of those that, like, for me, I really sat up and go, oh, that's interesting. All right. And so that's, yeah, that's very cool about it. I, you know, I, I, as I said, like, I think that if you ask me, if you ask me top 10 most underrated horror movies, Orphan would be in that list. For sure. Um, So the fact that Orphan First Kill even came out, you know, the momentous, there are things that are getting sequels that like, I would rather like stick a needle in my pupil. And then the fact that Orphan First Kill comes out, it's like, 
I mean, that's just amazing to me. You know, we were talking about uh, fucking Pearl. It's like, Pearl, is that amazing? I don't know. I don't know if that's amazing. Well, I heard a little rumor about Orphan First Kill. And uh, since is I've... Is going to be a second or last kill? Or is is, hot, is Orphan... What is it? Orphan First Kill? Oh, orphan no, no. This is better. This is... Ends? No, this is like uh, <laughs> some insider trading info here for you. Oh, man. So, you know, this is, uh, this is happened a couple times on the show, and so far the audience is small enough that um, nobody's ever called me out for any of this. Great. So I'm going to continue to just feed you, you know, rumor Great. Uh, and innuendo. So I was talking to somebody who, let me see how I can do this. <laughs> so that I have some mutual friends with people who made Orphan. I don't know the people who made Orphan. I don't know any of them, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But we have some mutual friends. And what I heard about this movie is that they made it in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for a couple of years, it's been sitting around. Mm-hmm. And Warner Brothers was just kind of sitting on it and wasn't going to release it. Or it had wound up in that sort of all the boys love Mandy Lane yeah. sitting on a shelf for a long time. Mm-hmm. And if the story is correct, so I, I do think that's true. I think that's like verifiable, mm-hmm. but. No, I remember hearing about this a long time ago, so that does Yeah, I don't think it was completely made in secret. Like, I think it was in the trades. Mm -hmm. But the reason that it just sort of, like, magically appeared on this year's calendar, where it was sort of like, you know, two months ago, nobody was going, oh, good, Orphan First Kill, and then it's just like, hey, this is out, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And that happens a lot in October, but not, like, in mid-August. Right. So the thing that I heard was that during a Warner Brothers shuffle that the movie was leaked. Uh, And as a result of some angry person at Warner Brothers leaking the movie, they were like, well, fuck, just put it out then. And so that that could potentially, uh, yeah. (laughs) I also heard that uh, the DP had to put an un unprecedented amount of filters on <laughs> the camera to keep her looking young. So I thought that was pretty funny. The, the look of the movie is something to behold. It is, uh, it's actually one of the things that makes it feel, you know, I was talking about like these sort of uh, capital C content movies or whatever. Yeah. One of the things that allows it to kind of get away with, that lets it feel special is that the look of this movie is so fucking busted. It is, um, I think it's probably shot digitally, but it's got like super fucking glow on it. You know, mm-hmm. the every single window, every light source lights up like almost to the point of uh, like a light leak or something. I mean, it's just real, just a real extreme look. And then like very heavy lens artifacts and, and green on it. And it just looks like, it's a real style, and it makes it feel special in a way that it doesn't feel like, oh, good, another kind of like, you know, muddy shadow, digital fucking whatever, <laughs> two, three, five to one cropped movie. So, all right, I'll see it. I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna go right now. All right, well, you don't, you don't have to go right now. That's the other part of the phone call is I just <laughs> listen to you watch Orphan. 
Yeah. That's the, the next part. The next, the next portion of this episode is just going to be uh, me fucking going through the process of trying to remember my Paramount Plus login. <laughs> well, how do you click forget password? No, no, I might remember it. Hold on. I wrote it down somewhere. Can I just do this on my fucking phone? I have to say once again that I love this format and I love talking to you on the phone. I don't know if anybody else likes this. It doesn't really matter to me, though. I really like it. Yeah. And that is something that I thought was impossible. So <laughs> this is yeah. like this is like the highlight of my week. But uh, if if you wanted to call me in the middle of watching a movie and just be like, huh, yeah. check out it's Channel funny. 7, check out what's on Channel 7, like it's 1975, I'm fine with yeah. that. I'm just going to call you and I'll be like, do you get me TV? Do you see what Sven Gulli's doing? <laughs> That's totally, <laughs> totally. Are you on Shutter TV right now? What is this? Is this another Beagos movie? What is this? Yeah. All right. So good. Anyway, I'm going to go. Actually, I'm going to eat. I'm hungry. It's it's 8 o'clock here. All right. Good luck with that. Uh, answer your phone next week. I'll talk to you later. I'll answer my phone. Yeah, you've given me a reason to answer my phone instead of straight to voicemail. In an era when um, everybody is afraid to pick up the phone, we're doing a podcast on one. I'm still afraid. I'm actually more afraid now because it carries so much more weight. Mm. But uh, all right. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right, so. This show is brought to you by the Double Feature Executive Producers. Arnold Bath would thank the executive producers from the patron, Tom Leonard Kerr, Ross Mahler, Henrik Dinder, Lauren Schulben, Acker, Charles Crawford, Jeremy. Ooh, fancy. If you like the show, help keep it on the air by joining patreon.com forward slash double feature.